This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. My name is Rich Bradbury and uh, this is Open for Business. A few weeks ago, I bumped into uh, two people at a, um, I guess it was some kind of plant-based food festival thing in a mall outside of a supermarket. And uh, as I was walking past a particular vendor, uh, they called out my name and asked me to try uh, a particular product. Now, I didn't know anything about this product. All I know is is that it looked kind of um, orangish-ish. And it was there was rice in it, and there was saffron, and there was rose water, and I didn't know what it was, but I do know it tasted delightful, and I wanted to know more about it. Uh, and so, after a few weeks, I've managed to track down um, the people behind it, and I have them here with me in the studio. Uh, Mazwin and uh, Mustafa are here in the studio. And Mustafa is a little bit mysterious and is a bit, a bit, a little bit scared of the microphone, so we'll leave him here to, uh, you know, do what he does best and stay quiet. But Mazwin, um, thank you very much for joining me here on air this morning. How are you? Thank you very much, Richard. I'm fantastic. How are you? I am well, thank you. Let's have a bit of a recap about. I mean, I've kind of given the story, but mm. how, how did we meet? What was what was the name of the the event that we were attending? Can you remember? It was actually in public. Uh, it's inside yes. the mall. It was actually a veg fest or veg. Um, event organized by the Panas Grocer in Publica itself. Right. Yes. And yes, you're right. It was a plant-based. It's very specific for vegan. Okay. So the product that I encountered was uh, something that you guys are calling uh, red gold dessert. Exactly. Right. Tell me uh, about it. I, I guess the first thing I, I, I want to ask you is, you know, why did you choose this product? Where did it come from? Give me a little bit of a background about it. Um, well, to be honest, Richard, um, we didn't have a plan to start Red Gold Dessert. How our whole idea is we wanted to show the other side of Iran that people do not read on media. Mm-hmm. Um, like what you said, uh, Mustafa, um, somebody in my inner circle, my partner, he's actually from Iran. Mm. Um, I was blessed to see the beauty of Iran and somebody who's love culture, loves travel, love history. I, I know how, you know, Persian empire started over 7,000 years ago. But a question I always ask Mustafa is, why does people only associate Iran with nuclear, mm-hmm. with sanction, mm-hmm. you know, with lack of independence for women? Why do they associate with that? Mm-hmm. And they don't see the other side of that. Right. And then it was triggered to me, he said, hey, do you remember the first ever Iranian food that I ever tasted that you made, which was... This is a product called Sholezard in Iran. Okay. I loved it. It was my first time trying saffron. I've never tried it. And I told Mustafa, I said, if we want to show the other side of Iran, and if we wanted to show the world what Iran is all about, let's start with food. Mm. Because Malaysians love food. Yes. Right, yeah. And we wanted to show them what's unique about it. And we started with Shalizad, or we call it red gold dessert, because mm-hmm. red gold is saffron. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just like how you have done it in the intro, the hero is saffron. Mm-hmm. That's the main idea about it. Showing the beauty, the culture, the tradition of Iran, or the Persian Empire, Richard. Okay. 
that's our motivation behind it. Describe this dessert for mm-hmm. me. And I, 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 I want to know, is this a kind of dessert that each family has their own take on? Or, or is this something that's kind of a universal kind of dessert? Because, you know, in the UK, we have things like Yorkshire puddings, mm. you know, which are not even a dessert. I don't even know why I gave that example. But every family has their own take on it. You know, is it that kind of thing? Uh, I would say the major ingredients are similar, mm. uh, which are the saffron, rose water, almond, like what you have clearly described. But the way they cooked it, at what point do they put saffron? When do they put it? The process might differ from family to family. Mm-hmm. Even if you actually Google it, you can see different, different type of process or methods, but the ingredients are the same. I see. So I would say it's still customized according to the family. And that's why we actually adapted specifically Mustafa's mom's recipe for this because she's an amazing cook and and we know learning from the best and introducing Iran we want to make sure that we get that steps and tips from the best cook in Iran right and what would you say is different about her approach to this dessert compared to others what I mean, I know you've got to say it because he's your partner's <laughs> mother but you know really um, what do you feel is, is the kind of I don't know, the, the unique thing about it, the unique selling point of this product. Um, um, and in particular, Mustafa's mm-hmm. mother's version of okay. it. First of all, I would say it's the ingredients. Mm. Where do we get the ingredients? Before we actually launch it, Richard, um, we have tried over 10 to 20 different type of rose water. Did you know that every type of rose water gives you a different type of the dessert? Mm-hmm. And what type of saffron do you use? What type of almond do you use? So with the mom's guidance, we actually make sure that we source the best original source of the ingredients. That's what's different shit, the quality of the dessert mm. from home to home. Mm-hmm. Right, that's the first one. The second one is actually the process. At what point, how long do you actually even manage each of the ingredients at certain process? So that is actually the well-kept secret of Mustafa's uh-huh. mom as well. So I'd imagine at that period then, you know, there must have been a lot of backwards and forwards in terms of video calls and phone calls when you weren't in Iran. Interestingly, uh-huh. Mustafa actually when he was away in Iran, he was um, the mom's best friend. Uh-huh. So he got all this. Oh, tips so he knows everything. He knows the tips and tricks. Right. It's just a matter of, you know, he has done it hands on with the mom. Right. So it's not something that he had to just do it out of the blue. He knows it all this well. So uh, a minute ago, you, you spoke about, you know, the ingredients and getting the best ingredients mm-hmm. for it. Obviously, when you're in Iran, you can get the ingredients from Iran. But yes. you're not in Iran. You're, you're here in Malaysia. Yeah. What do you do about the ingredients here then? Do you source locally or do you have them imported? We import it. At this point of time, Richard, um, we want to make sure that we present the best side of this dessert mm. and all goes down to where do we source the ingredients. Mm. So even the type of saffron that we source is actually from the number one brand in Iran. Mm. So we don't ha- the quality is not compromised. You even need to worry about it because our whole objective to present the best side of Iran. Mm. So at this point of time, every single ingredient is actually being sourced or imported from Iran. Okay. Except the rice. Except, the, and that's local, <laughs> is it? Yes, but okay. we use the basmati rice to ensure also it's gluten-free and also it's a more of the higher quality of the rice. Yeah. With, with obviously you importing it from Iran, mm. I'd imagine there are economical issues with that. You yeah. know, we're not talking about what's happening right now, but mm-hmm. obviously that has an impact to it in terms of cost. Yes. How much 
of an effect on cost. And and let's t- let's not talk about sanctions or whatever like mm-hmm. that. How much of a cost impact does it have on the, the the basic cost of your product? Because you're importing very high quality goods a long way, and these goods are perishable. You know, is that an issue for you? Okay, when we import it, it's all raw materials, and because they actually can be kept quite a long time. We don't cook anything. It's right. all the raw materials. Right. The preparation of the dessert happens here. But I would say um, we have a slight advantage um, in terms of the importing it because of the current situation in Iran. The currency of, of uh, Iran is actually, I'll call it Toman. Iranian Toman is actually more depreciating right now. So because of import, uh, importers are benefiting. Um so we do so actually. Okay. R- I mean, we are okay. We have the adv- so I felt it's a blessing that at the same time we can do two things: still introduce or help the you know the traders in mm-hmm. Iran, at the same time still do a win-win situation by allowing other parts of the world like Malaysia to experience their best kept secret. Okay, yeah. Hold that thought. We're going to take a short break. I'm in the studio with Mazwin. Uh, we are talking about red gold dessert, or as it's known in Iran, Sholizat. We'll be right back after these messages here on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Building Fit Malaysians, BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. My name is Rich Bradbury, and welcome back to Open for Business. We're in the studio with Mazwin. Uh, she is one of the partners, uh, I, I guess, co-creators, uh, yes. business partners for Red Gold Dessert. Um, a dessert straight out of Iran, and it's known as... Red Gold Dessert, or Sholizart in Iran. Sholizart. Sholizart. Yes, okay. Richard, you got it right. Uh, not bad, not bad. Now... Um, before the break, we were talking about the very basic things, you know, uh, mm-hmm. how it started, uh, well, how this version started, where the idea came from, the concept, an important export. And you, you just kind of sneakily mentioned something in the break then, is that when um, you're uh, in, introducing people to the product, you don't sell it, you mm-hmm. give it away. What, what's the method behind that? Why? Right. Um, one thing that we realized is before we launched it officially on 31st of July, what we have done was we actually went out to different states, different demographic for people to actually test it first. Right. We got um, a lot of feedback. Um, from there, we actually learned how to position this product. One important thing that we learned is people are not familiar with the ingredients. They've heard about saffron, but the only thing they know about it that, hey, it's expensive. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing. But they didn't know that. He said, hey, Mazin, you're telling me it's saffron. Saffron is red, but why the dessert is golden? Right. So then it realized it requires as a room for us to educate. So what we do it differently, Richard, even when we actually have our uh, pop-up store or even at the exhibition, we actually are very transparent with the ingredients that we use. We mm. put them on display. Mm. Even, for example, the rose water that we get it from Kashan is a place where Mustafa is coming, where they call the 
best rose water in the world, we get people to send that rose water. Mm. And do you know that 95% of people were shocked or were surprised mm. at the scent of it? They said, is this the smell of rose water? Mm. I say, yes, because the one that we have here has been diluted. So we don't have that scent of that rose water. Mm. So we get people to be, you know, experience it. They can see saffron, rose water, almond. And then we give them the opportunity to taste it and also get their name written in Persian. Yes, I noticed that. Yeah. Yes. And we get them to choose either one of the quotes from Rumi, because Rumi is one of the important poets of Iran. Mm. And after all, it's a story behind it. Mm-hmm. When The reason why we wanted to display the ingredients as well, because every type of ingredients that we use are premium, representing how precious mothers are in our life. And we have dedicated that red gold dessert to all the mothers around the world. What has the um, reception been like for a, a product like this? I mean, you know, M- Malaysians are, are, are used to their kueh, you know, mm-hmm. and desserts like that. This, this is something different, right? It's not something that you would normally see in a marketplace, uh, an average marketplace. And it's a little unusual. It's, you know, it's a little bit premium. What has been the feedback? What's it been like? Well, Honestly, the feedback has been amazing because, like it or not, people are, they always want to try new things. Yeah. So they were very excited when they can finally, it's like, oh my God, it's my first time trying saffron. <laughs> and, you know, and then when we introduced the drinks and people were shocked to say, I never knew that saffron can be in a form of a drink. Mm. So that's where we actually innovate a lot of things. Can you imagine, let's say you go for our boba tea. We have the boba, but he's using the black food coloring. What Mustafa has done is he invited using the saffron pearls. And Richard, we don't even have this in Iran yet. Mm. So our mission is very clear. We want to excite people to show them possibilities of doing that. And I would say in terms of the take-up rate, it has been amazing among um, those those who love the plant-based dessert, especially the vegan. And I would say also for those who are exposed to travels, to a lot of cultures, their receptive is very, very high. Right, right. So that's why we are very targeted in mm. our, um, I would say, in terms of segmentation. Mm. Bef- but of course, we want to hold Malaysians to try it. Mm. But um, we started according to segmentation right now. I mean, and th- that's what I was going to ask you as well, is that you know, you're highlighting yourselves at, you know, uh, the, these vegan events and uh, this kind of thing. Yes. Is, why specifically that demographic? Well, this dessert, Richard, it has been plant-based for over 200 years. Mm. No modification required. We don't have to change anything. It has been plant-based dessert. Can you imagine no milk, no flour, no oil? Mm. The best version is Kutgat. We did a lot of experiments along the way that we launched from 31st of July till now, right? Of course, first we started off in a dessert fair. Then we realized, hmm, we we have to be very targeted. When it's a dessert, everyone was thinking of chocolate. I'm a right. chocolate fan. Yeah. The first thing I'm going to look for is chocolate. Then we realized along from the mistakes that we have done, then we started to ask the hard questions. We have to get people to try it, to talk about it. So let's start with people who are receptive, the first mover. Mm. And it was amazing. And then I realized why we are looking out far when it was created as a plant-based dessert. Mm. So we started to actually speak a lot to those who are the advocate of the plant-based dessert. 
And can you believe it? From 10 people who's walking in front of you, nine people who are plant-based advocate will stop and wanted to listen to you. Yeah. Versus, let's say, if I go to a very, just a random kind of event, out of 10, four will stop and wanted to listen right. to you. Right, right. So that's where we started to focus our energy um, be more, I would say, targeted in mm-hmm. terms of the segmentation. I, ab- I absolutely agree with you. You know, um, and whether or not this is because that movement or, or whatever we decide to call it, it is accelerating right now. You know, it, it's exactly. no longer a small niche of people. This is something that is is clearly some kind of movement, um, and they are inquisitive and they know what wants what they want to know what's in their products. Exactly. All the way down to the macros, you know. And I, I know you offer a, a sugar-free version of this yes. and some of the, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that, that really interests me as well. What I am keen to know is, though, um, something like this, and of course, it, it can't be, even though you had the recipe and you know what needs to go in it, it it's not something cheap to kind of promote. Mm-hmm. Um, there has to be money put into it somewhere. Definitely. And... Have you had any kind of investment or has this all come from your, your own? Yes, yeah, always been self-funding. Okay. Um, I would say that we are quite blessed with um, the experience that we had in the corporate sets. We've all the savings. Right, right. <laughs> so it's always been uh, self-funding. Do you feel as though there's a, a gamble going off here or do you have real oh, faith no. in your product? If you ask me what gives me very excited, it's not about the desserts, Richard. It's about showing the other side of Iran. Mm-hmm. If you always ask me what's the why, it's the why for both of us. And, you know, really having, making our mothers to be part of the story and the mothers all around the world, that's like a double whammy. Right. You have your double whys in the journey. And I wouldn't say this as a gamble, right. but it would say, yes, it requires education, but good things doesn't come easily, right? How does Mustafa's mom feel about this whole thing? Well, to be surprised, at first, he, she was very surprised because for them, it's very common. Right. Right, it's like something. Who's going to want to know about my dessert? <laughs> right, you know, it's very common. They do it, especially during the festive season for mm. Ramadan. This is something they have been cooking it. And when Mustafa wanted to introduce it to another part, she thought, like, would anybody wanted to try it? Because for her, this is just nothing. Mm. But she didn't realize that people are not exposed to this world cup secret of Iran. Mm. She was very surprised. She thought just, just an ordinary thing and not worth promoting mm. yes so we just wanted to just add on yes we do have a sugar-free option as well because there's a lot of parents who want to have a dessert but they cannot have it because of the sugar so sugar-free is available or even the sugar uh, the saffron pearls and yeah there you go red gold dessert i know they have an instagram uh i know they have a facebook we'll post the links to that and a tiktok and a a tiktok yes wow okay we'll post the links to all of those in the comments below uh thank you very much for tuning in today my name is rich bradbury this has been open for business i've been in the studio with maswin and mysterious mustafa stay tuned we'll be right back here on bfm 89.9 the business station listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.